been, I think, a pretty long week for me. So it's nice to come back and talk with my two lovely co-hosts about hockey, Miss Grace and Miss Alessia. How are you guys? Uh, well, the past week has felt like a million years. I feel like the last <laughs> time we recorded an episode was like three NHL seasons ago. I don't know about yes. anybody else. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Whenever school starts, we definitely start to feel uh, time to get a lot, a lot more slower than it usually is. But yeah, we're going to start off with the NWHL again, because it's always good to kind of, like we said last episode, get women's hockey out there. And we just, I think it's the perfect opportunity for us to continue talking about it. So we're going to talk about the Metropolitan Riveters just quickly uh, about them leaving Lake Placid. And Grace is going to take over for this part and also give us a preview of the Isabel Cup. The Wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Yeah, so for the NWHL, they've had a really exciting week. Uh, One of their, I think their stream of the T6 game reached 1.7 million views the other day, which was really exciting. That is a lot of people on a Twitch stream. Uh, But the Metropolitan Riverdews did have to leave about a week ago because of COVID. There was a few people on the team who got diagnosed and then it just kind of got uncontrollable from there. So to prevent a further outbreak, they left Lake Placid. Everybody's going to be like, oh, look, the Canadian girls are talking about Toronto again. (laughs) But we have a good reason this time because their first seed, their four wins in a row, and they're leading the league in goals with 21. And to put that in perspective. Yes. Next up is Boston, who only has 15 goals. So they're six ahead of the second place goal scorer. So it is pretty exciting for them right now, especially after Sunday's game, where they shut out the Connecticut Whales 6-0, which is their highest scoring game in team history. And Mackenzie McNeil had a pair of goals in that victory. And now they will play either the Boston Pride or the Buffalo Buttes in the semifinals. And that'll be decided tonight on Monday. So by the time you'll hear this, it'll already been figured out. So tell us how that went. Um, And the championship game is on Friday. It's the Minnesota Whitecaps. That's who we're going to talk about next. And they are going to be playing the Connecticut Whales tonight to determine who will be the number two seed heading into the playoffs. And Toronto handed them their first loss of the season the other night. And they are definitely a tough opponent with incredible speed, size, and strength, which has been on display this entire tournament. So it'll be exciting to see how they do this week. The Connecticut Whales will either be the second or third seed. And from what I watched the other day, their biggest issue is puck possession. So in the T6 game, they kind of threw the puck around a lot and they kind of lost it in the neutral zone. Um, so if they just kind of tighten up those passes and work more on, you know, knowing where their players are, I think that they can be definitely an outstanding opponent in the next couple of games. Now the Boston pride were unable to get their offense going until their second game against the Buffalo Buttes where they shut them out six, nothing. So another six, nothing shutout in this tournament. I feel like that's kind of, you know, the NWHL's lucky number right now, but they really improved in their last game on Sunday and they showed what kind of team they can be. And they're offensively strong and ready for the semis. Now the Buffalo Buttes, hold on, last one, we're going, are currently in last place in terms of points, but their game against Boston will determine what seed they are in the playoffs. So they aren't a terrible team. It's the same situation as the Wales. Uh, sometimes big losses, they just kind of happen. They get handed to you in, in tournaments, in regular season games, whatever. But the most impressive thing about the Buttes, which is Marjorie's favorite team, I think we should mention that just because of their name. Because <laughs> of their name. <laughs> is how their defense controls literally the whole team. So with some teams, you know, if your defense is off, your offense makes up for it. 
But with this team, their defense really sparks their offense. They do have the ability to regroup quickly and tighten both the offense and defense really fast, which helps the offense focus on their main job, which is scoring goals. This week is the Isabel Cup Finals on Thursday and Friday. So Thursday, February 4th, the number four seed will play the number one seed, which is the T6 at 5.30. And the number three seed will play the number two seed at 8 p.m. And these are all in Eastern Standard Time. And then on Friday, we have the finals, which will be aired on NBCSN (laughs) at 7 p.m. And that is amazing. That is your NWHL roundup. Well, yeah. Thank you to our special insider, Grace, for giving us all our amazing NWHL It was a lot of information. <laughs> it was a lot of work, guys. <laughs> no, but it was great. And I hope all of our listeners really appreciate, um, you know, some info that they probably might not have known if they haven't been keeping up with, with the two-week tournament. And so it's exciting to see what's going to happen this week. And it's super exciting to see that the final is going to be aired on NBCSN. But yeah, great, great stuff there. And it'll definitely be exciting to see who who wins that coveted Isabel Cup. Now, moving on to our next piece of news, former Detroit Red Wings goalie Jimmy Howard announced his retirement. So after 14 seasons, Jimmy Howard has officially uh, retired. He became a free agent this past offseason, but didn't end up sending anywhere. He spent, yeah, so he spent his whole career with the Red Wings and finishes with a 2.62 goals against average, which is pretty good. Yeah, 246 wins and 24 shutouts. He didn't obviously resign with Detroit and he didn't resign with anyone else. I guess probably he didn't want to sign with anyone else but Detroit. Um, But I think it was a good point in his career to call it, you know, to call it. Detroit have some goaltenders right now that are right now in the lead to take that main spot. But once uh, Jimmy Howard did become a free agent, Jonathan Bernier was expected to take over as a starter for the Red Wings. But as of right now, I think he's been out of the lineup. The Wings haven't been doing <laughs> too We're just going to well. send well, all your good <laughs> vibes to the Wings. Like for a win. <laughs> yes. They, they've been struggling. I mean, we've spoken about the Red Wings quite a bit on the show when we had the radio show and we spoke about oh, yeah. them. And there are their problems, and we talked about what they needed to do to in order to get back to the team that they once they once were. And have they done any of that? Um, no. safe to say they <laughs> haven't taken our advice. No. Listen to the wraparound, guys. Come on, step up your game, and then I'm trust you. You'll you'll get all those wins. Even though Bernie has been the one who's gotten their actual two wins in regular <laughs> time. <laughs> Thomas Grice, unfortunately, um, has only had losses and has not had a win so far this season. So my question was, was that how will that go? So how will Jonathan Bernier be in net for the wings? And I, I'm assuming since he's the one who got those two wins for them, that he's probably the right choice the Red Wings for whatever reason that the reason I can't find right now is that he's not in crisis right now their primary goaltender but they also have Calvin Pickard who was with the Avalanche right if I'm not mistaken and so they have some other options it's just I can't like when you said that Jonathan Bernier was out and was the only one who got their two wins sent me um (laughs) of course yeah, it's not looking too well, especially if you look at it from that perspective. They can only go up from here. Yes. Yeah. 
That's the that's the message I mean, we're sending. We're me- we're sending messages of support. <laughs> yes. You can only go up. I mean, the Tridas are I think our unofficial podcast team because we always we want- just like <laughs> like talking about them, but it's more like this is what you can improve on. Yeah. Like, we don't hate Detroit. No, I think we, we don't need to make that clear. Yeah, we don't, do not don't, hate Detroit. Don't think that, please. It's a we just want us feeling bad. I would say yeah, pity, exactly. but pity sounds so condescending and sad and it's not like we're professional coaches or anything or consultants i think well i think everybody just wants to try to succeed at this point especially at the rate or you know the position that they've been in for these past few years we have to see um, if jonathan bernie comes back in net for detroit maybe he'll be the difference maker for the team who knows but as of right now grice is not getting the job done but yeah, Jimmy Howard announces retirement, gonna now go relax with his family, enjoy his t- time off. And I think he he should be proud of the career that he left behind him. And I know that Detroit and hockey universe will definitely feel lost. Yeah, he's a he's a goalie that honestly has accomplished so much at all the levels. Like I think I'd be here all day reading out how many things he's achieved like at all levels but yeah it'll be exciting to see what happens with Detroit especially their goaltending and see if they can get their ducks in a row as I said before we started this show (laughs) and uh, see what what they can kind of salvage from this season and then Mr. Alexi Lafreniere and he finally scored his first NHL goal don't remember the day let's look at my calendar so january 28th if you guys want to know the exact day if you're big friend if you guys are big fans but he scored his first nhl goal versus the buffalo savers two minutes and 47 seconds into overtime and this is a fun fact if you did not know but alexi lafreniere became the first number one pick to score his first goal in overtime and i got that off of tsn i love like little just tidbits of information like that like that's what keeps me going isn't isn't that cool i never knew that that was even like cool like i'm i guess a metric you could say people keep track of everything it's incredible I was reading this TSN article and I was like, I want to know whoever wrote this article, what they did or what they searched up to get this piece of information. Listen, if you go to the NHL record site, I was in it for hours today. I was doing research for an upcoming article and it was incredible. Like I was in there for three hours and I was just lost in hockey facts. Like I didn't even know where to start to search. But once you do, it's insane. There's just so many yeah. different statistics that they have. I remember I was looking to see if Jimmy Howard, like where he ranked in certain things. And then I was under the goalie, you know, section. And they had so many different sections for goalies, like wins, losses, goalies between a certain era, before this era, after this era. And I was like, this is yeah. a lot of information. I don't know if I have the time or patience to do this, but <laughs> unlike me, Grace does. <laughs> my literal job so (laughs) but yeah so the number one pick of last year's draft or this year's no last year yeah i'm lost in time of last last year's draft finally got his first nhl goal i know a lot of people were waiting for that and i'm sure he definitely was waiting for that as well because when you're new in the league that's all you probably can think about and i know that most players don't get their first goal because they think about getting their first goal so much and so it's exciting to finally see him get his first goal see how he does and where he lands with his odds in the calder trophy like we talked about a couple weeks ago his teammate how do you pronounce his last name? Shesterkin. Shesterkin. <laughs> um, like we said in a, pre- a couple episodes before, he's also he's actually above uh, Alexi Lafreniere for the Calder. 
enough news talk because we were very professional there as you can obviously tell now we're gonna we're always our, professional we're always professional always. we're gonna talk or we're gonna have our open discussion time it's like those circles that you would make in kindergarten as a class and just talk about things so that's what we're gonna do <laughs> I hope you guys which is exactly where we are in our lives right now <laughs> kindergarten (laughs) I wanted to start again (laughs) so I know you guys are probably tired of this topic but there's just so many new things that get added to this drama to this saga as I wrote down that you can't avoid it that you can't not talk about it so if you didn't already guess it we're going to talk about Dubois and Tortorella again this drama is never going to end It's never ending. People need to let this part of it go. Not the whole thing, because I quite enjoy talking about it. Like, stop pitting the player and the coach against each other because they're apart now. Anyway, continue on, Marjorie. I just, I had to get that out there because I'm one of the people who, when I saw this in the outline, went, more torts and Dubois, are you kidding? (laughs) It's just, I find it funny because, like always, I do my research to kind of come up with topics because I'm not an NHL um, knowledge machine off the top of my head. So when I was looking for more things to talk about, I came across this and I came across the story of uh, Dubois' agent basically saying that he wants Tortorella to stop talking about Dubois. I love when agents get involved. Can I just put that as a side note? (laughs) Because then everything feels so much more serious. So when I saw this, I find it kind of funny. One, because it's kind of like a parent talking for their child saying, stop making fun of my child. Please and thank you. And then the second, it's kind of like, why say it now? Like Grace said, you know, they're not together anymore. Dubois is not in Columbus. There's kind of no point to really continue this on. Even more interesting is that, uh, not Dubois, but Tortorella went on and had an interview with Miss Christine Simpson, who we love very, very much. And he basically was talking on that interview saying how today's uh, players are a lot softer and uh, they can't really take as much criticism. I was or, really uh, hoping we weren't going to get into this. I, was uh, just- <laughs> I had to mention it. I had to. It's very, it's an integral part. It's a key part into this kind of conversation. Oh, I, well, I was, I was reading it. And basically the one thing that stuck out to me, that probably was the reason why Pat Brisson, who represents Dubois kind of wasn't that crazy about what John Tortorella was saying was because he thought that it made it difficult for Kekalainen, which is the GM of uh, Columbus, to basically do his job. So basically to trade Dubois. Like, I I don't know. Like, just... (laughs) I think... no. We're taking taking things, like, I don't know if maybe out of context would work here. There's going to be people talking. GMs just have to do their jobs anyways. I understand how... The things that Tortorella said about Dubois could probably maybe make it harder for Kekalein to trade him. And he also and the agent also said that he would have liked if Torts basically handled the situation like Paul Maurice, which is now Dubois' new coach. It's a whole other not, not a whole other pot of a soup whole, over there. That's a whole other story to but, tackle. But you know that the NHL and all of its surrounding broadcasters are going to hop on the marketing train of Dubois and Tortorella reunited in the first matchup since Big oh, Noah. Yeah. And that'll be the biggest story of next season. That's marketing heaven. Oh, that's, yeah. That's like PR. Like, 
oh yeah in heaven public relations officers looked at this statement from dubois agent and went yes (laughs) this stuff is like not gonna go away anytime soon like marjorie said once like the two teams face each other it's gonna be like all over the place and there's gonna there's definitely gonna be some new stories coming out like this came out a week after he got traded and it's like a whole big thing again and then do you guys want another layer oh god please let's let's get into (laughs) the next this is the last layer in the interview i don't know i think this was the sports night interview i don't know if this was the interview with christine simpson but he said i coached uh pierre-luc dubois like i coach every other player here like any other player coming here and like i'm going to coach patrick liney when he comes in here the best i can do for the player is to be honest with him every day so what i get from that little tidbit is that so he said he coached Dubois like he does every other player but I also I feel like that's kind of like a slight towards him he's basically saying I coached him like every other player and clearly he didn't handle it or clearly you you weren't special you're just soft yeah exactly I mean like we've mentioned this so many times like Tortorella has a type like a way that he coaches players and you either take it or you don't and you either succeed under his coaching style or you don't. But like, even just because Dubois maybe didn't like his style doesn't mean he's a soft player. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. Exactly. So, you know, it's, I mean, this is, this goes for any coach. It's not just Tortorella, right? Same, like, I mean, we mentioned Mike Babcock before. That's another, <laughs> that's another coach. No, we're not, another conversation. We're not, we're not gonna get into that this week, but I'm just saying. But in all honesty, I have respect for, Dubois agent because he isn't wrong mm-hmm. no like he's, he's the fact wrong. that Tortorella keeps coming out here and saying all this stuff about a player like of course coaches GMs are gonna talk you're yeah, gonna and- have like a misguided um impression of this player before you even meet them just because of what's exactly. going on in the media and what Tortorella's saying so Dubois agent isn't wrong but also I think why like, <laughs> I think like we're like past the point now but I completely agree like if Tortorella keeps talking about Dubois in the way that he did, just with all like the rumors and stuff going around, of course it makes it hard on the GM to make a trade if the coach is saying stuff like that. But they seem to like we're past this now. And it's not even like Tortorella is like any other coach who's like my former players, I've coached them like this, or my past players. He's specifically naming Dubois in every statement that he talks about his coaching style and he's not even like well spoken about it yeah he just kind of like word vomits it out I mean what NHL player or coach is well spoken at this point they all kind of just have the same Pierre-Luc Dubois (laughs) was so eloquent on his interview two weeks ago okay okay we get it you really loved his speaking I will like I will protect you I feel so bad that you've been yelled at (laughs) but the one quote that I read that kind of like stood out to me was Pat Brisson said, from day one, John Tortorella wanted to expose Pierre-Luc Dubois. Who knows how long this is going to go on for, because it's clearly gone on for a lot longer than it should have. Should have just ended as soon as Pierre-Luc Dubois had his interview. He got traded. You know, life goes on for everybody else. There's no more talking. But with it being Tortorella and it with being Dubois and Line, two really high profile players, of course, something like this is going to happen. But we have to wait and see. Yes, Grace, what would you like to say? We're going to be talking about this until Tortorella. Okay, until Tortorella retires. That was my first point. I was like, we're going to be talking about this until Tortorella retires. Ha ha, funny. And then I actually thought about it for a second. 
No, because once he retires, he's going to become an analyst for some sports channel somewhere. And then we're still going to be talking about this. It'll definitely be um, interesting (laughs) to see if he did become an analyst. But um... And then it'll have happened so long ago that we'll be like, remember when in the NHL this blow up happened? We're going to be talking about this for the rest of our careers. It'll be exciting though to talk about it again and reminisce about the past and be like, oh, remember oh, that yeah. time? Imagine. Remember that wraparound episode <laughs> where we spent 30 minutes talking about Dubois and Tortorella? It's just, you know, lots to talk about. Like I said, lots of layers. So I won't continue on or we won't continue on with this drama anymore or this saga because it is quite a lot. And like I said, there's lots of layers to this. So I'm sure next week we'll have something else to add to this kind of pile of uh, paperwork, if you want to call it. The next thing we're going to talk about is Jack Campbell. Oh, oh, poor Jack Campbell. Stop it. I forgot we were talking about this. He's out for weeks due to you just had to you just had to hit me with the two hardest subjects right in right in the row. The Leafs had to call (laughs) Hutchinson to replace Jack Campbell. Stop it. I can't. It is. Take my headphones off. I can't do it. Very sad loss i'm not i don't know when they lost dell to waivers i think somebody said well said well who was it who said something about hutchinson maybe it was grace i think we both talked about hutchinson and how we definitely me being sad (laughs) about hutchinson the the least case like the worst case scenario yeah but it's the worst case case scenario scenario. (laughs) like Well, so apparently Campbell got injured in, I think, the first game of that two-game series against Calgary. Yeah, he got a head injury. Yeah, I think it's tweaked, a concussion. Yeah. And then it when... occurred in the um, Toronto's 3-2 victory against the Flames. Yeah, Thanks, and Kachuk was the one. <laughs> and Kachuk then later piled on top of him, so that probably made it even worse. It's not like I'm blaming Kachuk here, but, you know, I kind of am at the same time. And also... but. <laughs> Well, we he just is always around the net. Michael Hutchinson is, I think, a wild card in the sense that there are times where, yes, he can put on a pretty decent game. And, you know, it's like, okay, not bad. You know, you could be a, our backup goaltender. But then at the rate that Jack Campbell was playing this season, it was just, you know, too good to be true. That's Something, the worst part. It feels like we lost our starter. Like something had to happen, didn't it? Something had to happen to this team. It's like the Leafs were coming into the season with like, you know, good goaltending and then just went completely downhill so fast. Like so fast. Which and is their one missing piece. Yes, because in, okay, in our next segment, we won't talk too much about the Leafs here because we are going to talk about them some more a little bit later. We should just end it now. <laughs> we should just move on. Yes. Okay. We're, yeah, we're going to end it here and then we're going to talk more about Listen for missing... the next 10 minutes and yes. then you'll hear us talk about the Leafs. Yes. <laughs> And then, so to distract us from this Leafs uh, controversy, we're going to move on to our last talking point, which is going to be- I'm saving my sadness. Which is once again, the NWHL. And believe it or not, Barstool Sports and the NWHL, uh, basically players on the NWHL calling out the Barstool Sports CEO um, because of things she had said. Which I was surprised to realize that their CEO was a woman, which I had like, no idea. What kind of woman would? Sorry. Okay. I hate that we're even talking about Barstool on this podcast. Sorry. Yeah. You. Okay. No words. Choose your words wisely, Grace. <laughs> Barstool. I have it written out. 
I've pre-approved my statement. Barstool cannot support women's sports without getting their organization together and with the times. If they stop being racist, misogynistic, then they can come talk to us about it. But honestly, even if they fix themselves up, I personally will not support Barstool Sports. And how they've managed to gain the fame they have is astounding to me. Yes. I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to be completely honest. There was a time in my life where I enjoyed listening to some episodes of Barstool uh, uh, Spitting Chicklets because they have, um, you know, great hockey players come on the podcast. And I do enjoy the way that Paul Bissonnette conducts interviews and the way he asks questions and his, you know, his researching techniques. And I'm not going to lie and say that I don't enjoy hearing him talk to, to players. The two other guys in the podcast who I do not know their names because I do not bother to learn their names, um, I have no feelings about because because of obvious reasons. There's things that they have said and things that the way they talk, it's just not things that I like to listen to. Uh, But Paul Bissonnette is a little bit different. He's more of a hockey analyst and he has a different approach to talking about things or interviewing guests. So there was a time in my life where I didn't enjoy talking to Spin Chicklets. Like Grace said, their their whole company is is built on just a pile of racism, sexism, misogyny, you know, all these different layers that people avoid because they either produce content that they like to watch because so many NHL players like to go on, you know, the podcast or, you know, interact with the accounts, which is upsetting because they, they should, you know, learn to kind of tune it back a bit. I don't know when I saw this and I saw that their CEO was a woman (laughs) and then she was then targeting NWHL players in a video. She called them out by name. You can't get butt hurt that people don't like you. And then call them out on social media publicly. And it's not even that. It's also her just like saying that like it's because she eventually wants to buy a franchise in the NWHL. And like that's how she backs Did it up. Did you see and them like, slam that down so hard? They were like, yeah. we're currently not looking for any buyers. And honestly, like I applaud the NWHL for taking a stance and sticking to their values and their beliefs. Like it just shows that the league, you know, supports the opinions and feelings of their players. Yes. 100% and it's and it's nice to know that it's women sticking up for other women in this case obviously the woman in question is the, the CEO but she's a different story but I'm saying the player sticking up for one another yeah. you know taking a stand you know basically saying you can't say these things and then just assume it's okay or you know make people think it's okay because you're a woman in a position in a really high position and think it's okay you know some can say she's probably taking advantage of the position she's in because she might hit back with certain rebuttals. You know, I'm also a woman, you know, I'm the CEO of this company, which is awesome. It's awesome to see women in in leadership positions, but not when you're tearing down other women to be, you know, regarded as someone in in a position of power. When I read this- Talking about Barstool. Yeah, when, either yeah. way, when I read this, I thought it was ridiculous that like these these players, these pro athletes had to even defend themselves or protect themselves because she said that they, she was addressing her haters. Like, come on, like, that's just ridiculous. So enough of that. You know, we said what we had to say. Don't tear down other women, please. It's all about supporting one another. We're all in this together. It's about, you know, building each other up and, you know, being genuinely happy when you see someone else succeed in their career. So 
whatever that's my two my two cents in in that moving on on, we're gonna bring back a very popular in our term because it was the only special segment that we had last season a very popular (laughs) and special segment the way the way the way is um who will finish at the top of the north division and we asked this on our lovely twitter account and of course us being us or me being me actually because alessia and grace don't really have the say on what the question should be we have no say at all on anything ever not at all (laughs) the two hey don't know you guys get some say (laughs) yeah okay that's true don't bash me um (laughs) the uh, two options for this question was will it be toronto or montreal so alessia as always please tell us our results so 57% of our voters said Montreal, 43% said Toronto. That's and I'm honestly surprised. But I you think know it's going to be a really tight race. Yes. Either I, way. I 100% agree. I think, you know, I don't, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I definitely, hey, I definitely don't. Okay. I kind of blame them, but I definitely also don't blame anyone who chose Montreal because Montreal has been playing really well this season you know I know it pains me to say it Grace I can see your face they have been playing pretty well and to be completely honest with you and it's not because I'm a Toronto fan I just Mm -hmm. didn't see this coming just like just where they were kind of last season I mean they they did pretty well last season but you know I didn't expect them to kind of make this big jump and um, be as prepared maybe Alessia like completely disagrees and like was like no I saw this coming but me, I was like, I didn't think that they were going to be this tight of a race with Toronto. I honestly thought it was probably going to be one of the Alberta teams that was going to be up there. Well, no, I understand your opinion because like without all the acquisitions that they made on the offseason, I can see why like you would say they wouldn't be that close to Toronto. But I mean, Mark Bergevin did one great job this offseason and it's paying off. The reason I'm Mark surprised Bergevin is just because one great job this season and it's still paying off. You know what? You guys, you guys always say you guys always say how I hate on Mark Bergevin, and I'm actually like saying some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys are still getting mad at me. Go ahead, Alessia. Sorry, I won't talk now. Finish your point. No, I was just gonna say that, like, from the start of the season, Toronto was basically the favorite to win the division, and I can still see why they are. Like, they're they're a good team. I'm so glad that that's gonna live on the internet forever. I'm going to pull that up when we're talking about Toronto and it's okay. And listen, it's not even like I'm saying that like Montreal is like, Oh, like I didn't expect Montreal to be that close to Toronto. (laughs) Look, I didn't even think Toronto was going to be in the position that they are now. That's what I'm saying. That's when I, that's what I meant by saying I thought it was going to be one of the like Alberta teams. I thought Toronto was going to be like a little bit lower. I didn't think they were going to be at the top either with, with Montreal. Honestly, I've been kind of like, I guess you could say disappointed with the Alberta teams as well. I thought Edmonton would be doing a lot better. Even yes. Calgary, right? Especially Calgary. That's the team I had in mind when I think yeah, of what the are Alberta they doing? teams. Yeah. yeah, what's going on there, Calgary? I mean, the last game Montreal faced against them, you know, Markstrom was amazing. Canadians didn't score one goal. That was their worst game of the season, but they still created chances. So I think the Flames are sort of starting to like get it together they did have an all players meeting before that game yes, so maybe that did. kind of got some things going but yeah i just think it'll be a tight race like we saw the first game they played against each other yes how close it was that was definitely an exciting game and i think 
I think as soon as we saw that, or when we heard of the possibility at the very, at the very beginning, the possibility of having an all Canadian division, I think we all got super duper excited because of so many great games that are that were going to be played and are now being played. Not only that, like we're going to be seeing Canadian teams and more than Canadian teams that we've seen in the past compete in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. That's exciting. Like nonetheless. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see who fights for those top positions in the division and then see them in the playoffs as well. And it's exciting to kind of have these really fun rivalries and um, really big rivalries, especially the rivalry between us on this podcast, and see who who's going to make it out on top. And, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, the Alberta teams will come out and, you know, surprise us and get back on top. You know, Vancouver is tied with Montreal right now, and they're playing really well, um, too. So it'll be exciting to see, you know, who ends up at top, because at this point, we don't even know, because it's still pretty early in the season. I just have to say that I have to hand it to Alessia. And the people who voted for Montreal. Because Toronto does have three games in hand. So yeah. the fact that they're... Uh, yeah, okay, I'm done now. Um, <laughs> but now, I'll, was, now I'll remember that. The Ottawa Senators <laughs> have three points. Yes, I actually just saw that. And I was <laughs> I was um, quite surprised. I actually did not know that they only now, had Ottawa, three points. Ottawa is sort of in a rebuild. But at the same time, they played pretty well against the Leafs. Yes, they did. I and that's think, why... I didn't think- I didn't think they would be this bad now. Like they made a really good, like, you know, name for themselves during that game. Exactly. And that's why when the Leafs lost against Ottawa, wait, is that their only win? The one against the Leafs? (laughs) I think so. Let me check. Exactly. That's why I was so extremely upset. I hate those. (laughs) That they lost against Ottawa. So they have... So they have one, so they're one, seven, and one. So yes. yeah. Yeah, they're one win. That is was it against... only win. How, how, how nice. And you they're. Just had to bring that do up. You, do, you guys, do you guys want to know their goal differential? Never. Tell yeah. Tell me, please. It's minus 22. I don't think I've ever heard of a goal differential that bad. Is Detroit's even that bad? Like. Let- I'm going to check. Detroit is better than Ottawa right now because Detroit has six. It's close. Points. It's close. <laughs> It's what actually it? close. It's minus 15. That's still a so, big gap, though, from minus 15 to minus 22. Arguably, the Detroit Red Wings, a team who is just starting a rebuild and who is not expected to be good for at least two years, is twice as good as the Ottawa Senators. That's cheered me up. Ottawa. And to think Matt Murray's on that team, you know, we spoke about him during... Oh, see, now I'm sad again. The preview, remember? And we spoke about that trade. Either way... Above the Ottawa, so so literally Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal. That's going to be an exciting little race for the North Division. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't get too much into this Montreal-Toronto stuff. I'm surprised none of us really got too upset, but I know Grace was getting upset. Did you see my face the entire yeah. time? Yes, and it was my job to kind of, you know, <laughs> calm us down a bit since we since we clearly get so heated on this show and we're on a time limit today so yes we are so it's time to move on and what better way to end off this very nice episode because every episode is nice but this one's nice too is grace and alessia's player of the week so grace this is i think this is the first time i'm making you go first so you go first i think i've gone first every time so i'm gonna pass this off to alessia oh then i'm confused either way someone go first anyways I'll just say 
My two players are Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. See, she has two. She didn't listen. <laughs> I listened. I picked no, a player. Players of the week is what I saw in the dog. And it I couldn't player. choose between. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's my bad. <laughs> Singular. Singular. Either way, they're good picks. Either they're way, picks. I couldn't I couldn't choose between McDavid and Dreisaitl, so... Okay, wait, can I talk going about Dreisaitl? Because he was mine. Sure, go ahead. Okay. I can take McDavid sure. and I'll take Dreisaitl. Okay, so either way, both players in their last game against the Senators, who we sort <laughs> of spoke, spoke about, about, just spoke about, <laughs> and how they have not been doing great at all. Um, those two players combined for 11 points in one game. So Dreisaitl had six points, which was six assists, and McDavid had five points, and I guess Grace will get into that a bit. McDavid leads the league in points, with Dreisaitl right behind him. Uh, and also in goals. So, I mean, when you think about Edmonton, as much as they have these two players, we kind of hinted at it before. I was expe- I'm was i expecting them to perform a bit better in the future because they haven't really wowed me yet. And they currently sit fifth in the North Division with a 5-6-0 record. So, you know, hopefully they turn things around pretty quickly. You know, Edmonton is one of those teams where, like, if you're if you're with a bunch of buddies and you're talking about the NHL, somebody brings up Edmonton and you're always like, why aren't they doing well? Exactly. Like, that's the conversation you have every time you talk about Edmonton. But I did pick Leon Dreisaitl this week because, as Alessia mentioned, he had six assists. And we all know he's good, but he just kind of keeps showing it. So with that performance, he was one assist away from tying the record for most assists in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lots of players like Paul Coffey, uh, Mario Lemieux, and Doug Gilmore have gotten six assists. But the only two players who have ever gotten second, seven is Wayne Gretzky, who got it three times, and Billy Taylor. But it's still a pretty impressive game by Drysaddle, who is also the former MVP. Yeah, and I think yes. one reason I think why everybody kind of just loves Drysaddle is because I don't know. He's person. His personality it comes off kind of humble and and genuine, and it's not braggy. And you know, he's such an amazing player. But like, you wouldn't and I tell think- it like by the way you talk to him. I'm sure like he would be like, yeah, I'm like okay at hockey. I feel like that know, would kind right? of. I feel like that would and be the vibe. And that's probably because he's playing with McDavid all the time. So like McDavid's always in the spotlight, but like, hey, he's just as good. He's just yeah. as like effective on that team. And I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure he probably appreciates oh, no. it. I'm sure he's like, I'm just doing my job. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting my goals and assists and no one's talking about me. I'm living the life. <laughs> Two great picks. Of course, you guys would choose the same players. Why have we been doing this? We need yeah, to like, we, confirm. Yeah. Why yeah. keep doing that every you week? You have to actually communicate before the show and be like, this is who I picked. Different I think the first players. week we both chose Nick Suzuki. And we're like, I think so. I think yeah. you guys even chose the same team. It's just, it's been too much. So please have different opinions. <laughs> have fights, please. I'm begging. Hey, you made us be rivals again this week. You did a good yeah. job with that. I knew that's why you picked that question was because you wanted to spice it up a little bit. Oh yeah. Stir the pot. That's my job. Either way. <laughs> good, good picks for this week. And all of you guys listening, keep eyes and keep tabs on those players. You know, tweet us, DM us, talk to us wherever you can and let us know your thoughts on your favorite uh, players of the week uh, people that you want to see play more people you expect more of who knows whatever you want um along alongside you know players tweet us dm us comment on our pictures anything we love the interaction with you guys so keep it going with us keep listening thanks guys 
for being here with us. It's always exciting to talk about these stuff and I'm sure we'll have another great one next week. And hopefully there are some more layers to that delicious Tubois Tortorella drama. I hope not. (laughs) 